one, number two of Sports Talk begins with Jimmy Hyams. I'm John Wilkerson. And joining us on the Stanley Fencing and Gates Hotline, somebody who has been incredibly busy as he's talked with one very interesting person after the next. And um, we'll just say half that's true with the duo that he joins this hour. I'm not going to say which is on what side of the fence. But Vince Ferrara jumps on board with us. You can find Vince's views. That's his blog on 991thesportsanimal.com. There's also Vincenzo's Views, which is a podcast available where you get your podcasts. And you've got In the Cage, which will be back at it tomorrow night with an 8 o'clock airing. And he'll also be a big part of our draft coverage on Thursday. Vince, how are you? I am good, gentlemen. Um, actually, just, sorry to correct you right out of the gate, John. I should have mentioned this to you before. We're taking a few weeks off from the show uh, in the Cage MMA Radio, waiting for UFC and MMA to get back, which there's the expectation that it'll do so in May. So we're recharging the batteries, taking uh, a, a little bit of time off. When the sport comes back, then we will be back. So uh, no no show tomorrow night. But, yeah, I've been busy, and uh, it's still a ton going on, obviously, with the draft. And if you happen to miss any of Vince's uh shows in the cage then those are archived and they can find those on our website correct yes sure can just like everything else and you mentioned the vincenzo's view podcast all the interviews that i tape are on that feed so you can go back and see all uh, and listen to all those interviews on that feed so uh you just go through our menu tab and you can find it in the audio tab you can find uh that podcast and like you said subscribe on iTunes, Google, wherever you get your podcasts, and uh, that way it'll download directly. And you can do so with any of our shows uh, on the station, including the All Audio Main Channel, which is a compilation of all of the different shows, seasonal shows, uh, all the local shows throughout the day, podcasts that are exclusive to our website like that one, uh, and others. All of that is encompassed in one, so you can make sure you don't miss anything from any of our great shows. And if you want to join our conversation this hour, 656-9900, 656-9900, star 990 is free for AT&T and U.S. Cellular customers. The toll-free number, 1-866-656-9900. Let's get a call from Jim. You're on Sports Talk. Hello, Jim. Hey, good afternoon, guys. Hey, Jim. Good afternoon. You know, I'm going to uh, switch up topics, if you don't mind, from what I was originally going to call about, because I'd like to talk about Steve Spurrier, based on your conversation with Chris Lowe, which I thought was really interesting. And then I've got a question at the end of this, and I'd really like to get Vince's view as well. You know, uh, Chris Lowe talked about the uh, that 82 game when Duke came to Knoxville, and Spurrier was a coordinator on that team and how meaningful that game was. John, I don't know if you were at that game or not. It was one of the most disgusting losses I have ever seen in UT history. Johnny's sixth year, and you're opening up with Duke. You're expected to win that game. We got beat by a point. Duke had a 100-yard kickoff return by some guy named Boone. I don't remember his first name. They had a touchdown pass for about 90 yards for another six points. But anyway, it was a horrible way to start that season. John, were you there? Do you remember that game? Um, I was not there uh, because my dad, it was – he had, because he was on the, let's see, um, he was on the athletics board. He was a faculty member, and so we rotated. So it was me and my two older sisters. We took turns going to games. I was okay. not at that one. Okay. <laughs> but I certainly remember it. 
You picked a good one to I miss. I certainly remember it. <laughs> anyway, you know, I, I don't think there's any denying that Steve Spurrier uh, was a great coach. He won a lot of championships. I think he, he did set a different tone for the Southeastern Conference as far as how football was being played. I think the and, – and you talked about this at the very end. Chris Lowe talked about this at the very end about the way Steve Spurrier left. Steve Spurrier did not resign. He quit. He 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 was losing. He didn't like to lose, and he just up and quit. Now, uh, for me, that puts a lot. That puts a significant amount of tarnish on, on what I think had been a great career. And I don't know how how much is on your guys' tarnish level as, as far as what that what that move. Uh, meant as far as his legacy. I mean, if a player does that, that's how we're going to remember the player, certainly. How do you think – do you think that puts a lot of or some – or how, how would you categorize what what quitting, and I'm going to use that term, quitting, on his team did or does to his legacy? Vince? I, it doesn't, for whatever reason, it doesn't a lot for me. When I reflect on him, I still reflect on the wins, the entertainment level, uh, being a a leader and very innovative and ahead of many others uh, in the the sport. I didn't like the way he left South Carolina, there's no doubt, but he wouldn't be the first person to, to quit in sports. And that doesn't make it right, but um, what what we don't know is, you know, what how long was that brewing? Were were there things that that you know were supposed to change and didn't change, and it just came to a boiling point? I, I don't I don't recall those specifics of what led to that. You still want to see him finish it out, but for whatever reason, maybe because he did so many great things prior to that 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 ending really doesn't tarnish it a great bit for me. It tarnishes it some for me. And and part of it is, here's what I didn't like about it. First off, you don't quit on your team during the year. He would certainly look down at any player that quit on him during a game or a season. The other thing that I didn't like is in that season, I, I'm pretty sure I remember this correctly, Mark Bradley of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution wrote a column about, is this Spurrier's last year? And Spurrier called him out publicly, demeaned him, berated him, got on his case, and just tried to make Bradley look like an idiot. And then halfway through the year, Spurrier quits. So that kind of stuff I didn't like about Spurrier. And he did that to Bradley. So that that kind of adds to my dislike of that move. Now, he was a lot of fun to cover. There were times when he and I got went head-to-head and butted heads more than once. But I thought he was good for the league overall. But to, to call out a sports writer, and then to turn around and quit right after that, I, I wasn't a fan of that. John? Yeah, um, I do think that it's certainly a chapter in his long and lengthy career, uh, but I don't know that it completely overrides anything. I'll say this, uh, not that you give him any kind of benefit for how he left, because I would agree with what Vince has said, with what Jimmy has said, that that's just not the way that your tenure comes to an end. You figure somebody's going to go out fighting unless there's something that is beyond your control that is preventing you from doing the job. Um, but I'll say it, I would look at what how he left 
just a skosh, to use Vince's term, better than how Bobby Petrino left the Falcons because it's not like Spurrier left for another job. And, and so not that he gets credit, but he's not as low as to do what Petrino did to the Falcons where you just kind of hang a note in lockers or have somebody hang notes in lockers and then you're off to Fayetteville. Yeah, I agree with that. And, and Spurrier wasn't using a motorcycle either, was he? <laughs> no, <laughs> he so wasn't. I, quote, I, I and I'm using the air quotes. I'm using the air quotes. He wasn't consulting with any other coaches on campus. <laughs> Good one, <laughs> guys. I appreciate the uh, co- uh, the uh, conversation. I really enjoyed the uh, Chris Lowe interview. Very entertaining. You guys take care. Stay well. All right, you as well. Always good to hear from you, Jim. And we've got more with Vince Ferrara coming up. What we'll do is we'll get a break. When we come back, we'll check in with Bob Yarborough with our sister station, News Talk 98.7, and then more with Vince. To join us, 656-9900, 656-9900 puts you on Sports Talk on 99.1, the sports animal. From the Budweiser studios of Cumulus Broadcasting. A real woman could stop you from drinking. It has to be a real big woman. This is Sports Radio WNML. Our guest, Vince Ferrara, as he joins us. And to join us, 656-9900, 656-9900. Now, Vince, do you think that Tom Brady was actually working out in a park, or was he trying to just follow the wonderful aroma that comes from Mama Ferrara's kitchen? Sometimes you gotta you got to take the shortcuts that the, the locals know. Uh, and who could blame them? If that's the case, then uh, then he gets a pass. And that should have been his first thing. Like when, when they approached him and said, sir, you're not supposed to be here, what are you doing? That should have been his first excuse. Had he consulted with me, I could have had him prepared for that situation, but that did not happen. So that's his first mistake in Tampa. And and by the way, what is the city of Tampa doing putting him on blast when that happens? Like, why does that have to be public knowledge? Like they just use that as an opportunity to get a bunch of likes and, and to get some national attention. Can you imagine if like all of us were, any any little thing, any you know, John Wilkerson gets a parking ticket, a parking to go to Tennessee baseball, and you know, like UT's policing. Hey, at Jay Wilkerson WNML, I know you love baseball, but <laughs> you know, have a great season. But you need to be mindful of the rules here. You know, if we're all on blast for every little thing, that would be ridiculous. Like, oh, just tell him to go home, get out of here. Uh, and and that's that. Why do you have to make something like that public? I I just think that was pretty lame for them to put that out there. Um, we'll see whether or not this comes to fruition. But and it's no big surprise. But we see rumblings this afternoon that a certain Gronk has let it be known that perhaps he is interested in making a return to the gridiron. If so, it doesn't want he doesn't want it to be with the Patriots. He would like it to be in Tampa. What do you think of that report? Well, it it is very interesting and you know Gronk made uh, has made a couple of appearances for the WWE. In fact, he was the host of WrestleMania, which is happening up I4 in Orlando at their performance center and 
So that's where WWE is doing all their TV tapings is in Orlando. So this could be a way for him to say, hey, I can catch passes from TV 12. We live there uh, along uh, close to the beach and have the warm weather, and I can still get some work in and some run in the WWE where uh, I've committed to for whatever period of time. I'm sure they'd work with him if he decided to go to the NFL. So I envision he's looking at it like that and had his agent start start working on it. Look, with Bray and Howard, they're pretty good tight ends already with the Bucks. There's talk that maybe the Bucks might move uh, O.J. Howard. Uh, if you can get Gronk, even if it's for a year or two, uh, I think you can make that you, you make that happen, and um, and so I think all of those things are in place. So I wouldn't put off the the idea of the of the whole being able to do the WWE thing. We don't know how long that's going to 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 stay in place to where they're doing all their shows in Orlando. But he's by far a raw ta- talent, and he's raw in wrestling. So he's going to need to spend time at their performance center to learn the ropes and stuff. So I, I, I just think that might be a little bit of a factor in the back of his mind to say, Tom Brady, oh, yeah, I still want to do WWE stuff too. So uh, that, the weather, Mama Ferrara's cooking, all that probably came into play. <laughs> Vince, do you think that if Gronk did that, that that would be uh, snubbing the Patriots and Belichick a little bit? Uh, well, I mean, he had already, I guess, kind of retired, but then recently has said that he, you know, wasn't 100% done with football. So I think it's more of a, hey, if I come back, it has to be for the right situation and catching passes from Tom Brady to me for him would be the right situation and Tampa and everything else I, I mentioned. So I just think it's that would be the perfect storm for him to come back. I don't think he would do that to go to the Redskins or something or uh, or anyone else. So I, I just think it's more of the situation that he could make happen to return in Tampa versus anything negative against the Patriots. So do you think there's a chance, and I saw this in a, a mock draft earlier, that Juwan Jennings could actually be taken ahead of Daryl Taylor? Oh, I would be surprised. I, and, and the biggest thing, Jimmy, there, there'll be some teams that that are very high on Jennings, uh, I, I'm sure. And there's some that probably don't even have them on their board. So when you ever, whenever you do that, you your your numbers, the percentages are working against you. Whereas a Daryl Taylor who has position versatility. There's a lot of buzz about him right now. Daniel Jeremiah, in fact, said yesterday on the NFL Network that he absolutely thinks that Daryl Taylor is going to be taken. He's convinced he's going to be taken in the second round. That's how much people are talking him up. Now, maybe that's just to steer him towards another player or another rush uh, edge rusher. You never know. But I, I think the numbers tell you in all the different options, whether it's a 3-4 or 4-3, all, he's getting plenty of, of interest from both of those types of, of teams and their defenses. But I think just the numbers tell you that it's more likely for Taylor. You know, even with teams that, that like Jennings, sometimes you have to – yeah, they could like Jennings, but then there might be someone you didn't expect that's there 
at your selection that you have to go that route. Um, and, and so I, sometimes you just you can't get all the guys that you want where ideally you think you can get them. Sometimes you can then pass on them, you know, in the third or fourth round, and maybe he's still sitting there in the fifth, and then you're jumping for joy. So that could still happen. But I, I just think the percentages tell you it's to me it's much more likely Taylor than uh, than Jennings as being the first ball selected. Our guest, Vince Ferrara, to join us, 656-9900, 656-9900. More with Vince coming up as you listen to Sports Talk on 99.1, The Sports Animal. Sports Talk continues with Jimmy Hyams. I'm John Wilkerson. Our guest, Vince Ferrara, as he joins us on Tuesdays to join us, 656-9900, 656-9900. Let's go to Doug, who's up next. Hello, Doug. Afternoon, gentlemen. Hey, Doug. Afternoon. Uh, you're, talking about, you're talking about Steve Spurrier. You know, I've said and uh, told you before, 59 years ago, I saw him play Chattanooga Central here in Chamberlain Field, UC's old field, and they just actually beat him like a drum, but he was still as cocky whether he won or not, but I have a surefire way to shut him up. All okay. right. You were 0-3 against Butch Jones. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Including his first team in 13, most people forget, they finished fourth in the country, and he couldn't beat Butch Jones. Well, well. Yeah, that might stand out more than how he left South Carolina. Yeah, that's right. And, and I count that last year. You know, Jimmy, we've talked about it before. I consider that that was a Spurger team, even though he had left it, just like I count the last two games of 17 Butch's teams. So, uh, But that is pretty unbelievable. Steve Spurger, 0-3 against Butch Jones. At one of those games, South Carolina led by 14 points with two minutes left. Yeah, in Carolina. That's right. Yeah. So, um but uh, anyway, I thought that was pretty funny. And, you know, the funny thing is, I, I swear I liked Spurrier. I thought he was so funny. Uh, I didn't like losing to him, obviously, but he, he was just so different from, from every coach, you know. And uh, I, I, the funniest thing he ever said was, uh, when I lived in Atlanta, he said he uh, liked to play Georgia uh, the second game because they always had about eight players suspended for the first two or three games. Well, it wasn't Very eight, true. But it was a few. <laughs> yeah, I remember that like, one. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but well, I don't think I don't think there'll ever be another one like him, do you? No, and it was an era when there was so much coach speak that that you did get a kick out of uh, the things that he said. But that quote yeah. that you were talking about, he said he wanted to play him in the second game because you could always count on them having two or three key players suspended. That's what yeah, that's what yeah. he said. <laughs> and I mean, but his cracks were on on everybody. It's like Chris Lowe said, he was an equal opportunity. Uh, Gigger. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So, uh, but he was—he was an amazing guy. It'd never be the same without him. And of course, we always have to repeat: uh, we had the dumbest coach in the country in 1962. There were 100 teams in college football. 99 of them were running, running the T formation, and he thought he was the smartest guy in the world running the single wing. So he lost Spurrier, and then the next year he lost Sloan. So uh, otherwise, Spurrier might have been a ball, or probably would have been a ball. Yeah. 
Yeah, those are pretty good quarterbacks, yeah. too. Yeah. <laughs> so, see you guys. Appreciate Thanks, it, Doug. Doug. Yeah, Vince, that'd be another one of those big what-ifs uh, that you can throw right in there. What if Rich Rodriguez, or I should say Mrs. Rodriguez, says yes to Alabama? And uh, and also, what might have happened had Steve Spurrier played for the University of Tennessee? Yeah, so so much would be different. And, yeah, Rita Rodriguez still getting Christmas cards and thank you flowers and gifts from Alabama fans, no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, goodness. And as we were speaking of it, it looks like the trade has already come to fruition and that it, I guess it's going to be for like a, a a case of Gatorade or something, right? That Gronk is on his way to Tampa? <laughs> yeah, or whatever drink he's endorsing these days. Uh, <laughs> uh, the, the rights to Gronk and a seventh-round pick goes from New England to Tampa for the a Bucks' fourth-round pick. Uh, I heard uh, during a break I uh, saw Rob Ninkovich, his former teammate with the Patriots. He said that Gronk also has a number of family uh, in the Tampa Bay area and nearby in Florida. So I would add that to the list of reasons why he would want to make that work. And, boy, they they made that work quickly. Uh, They put it all together pretty quickly. So, yeah, that according to Adam Schefter. And, you know, if he's, he's lost some weight, um, and so, you know, but I, I think he can get back into shape and, um, we'll see, uh, you know, if he, if he's anything like what he was with the receivers they have there with a the front line receivers and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, that, that's, that's some weapons for Brady and they can obviously probably address the backfield, maybe get a Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, uh, you know, to, to add to, uh, you know, Ron Jones in the backfield. So yeah, they they're they're doing what they need to 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 get Brady weapons and try to help the, him out while you got him. Vince, I saw your mock draft that was posted, and interestingly, uh, you do not have Jordan Love, quarterback, going in the first round. Many others have him in the first round. Is that because you wouldn't take him, or you don't think a, another team is willing to take him in the first round? Well, more as much as anything, Jimmy, it's because I didn't factor in trades into the draft. And with teams having them select where they're at, I, I just didn't see reasoning for any of the teams sitting where they're they're at in the draft, drafting a quarterback for the future. I know for the Saints that's been a, a topic of conversation. Some think that Early in the drafts, the Bucks might do it. You know, some people have placed him with the Jaguars. I think, the, to me, the Jaguars are going to see what they got in Minshew and Josh Dobbs, and then, and to me, they don't look like they want to win. So I wouldn't be surprised, just like the Dolphins looked like they were tanking for Tua, that they're going to be terrible for Trevor Lawrence. Uh, from from Clemson for next year's draft. So I, I just couldn't see anyone going quarterback over where they're at for other positions. So uh, I think someone, I do think someone is going to move back in to the first round if he does start to slide. This is an unusual year. Normally people are over-selecting the quarterbacks, but I, I think with so much that was addressed in free agency and the moves that we've already seen. And uh, I think that's changed things this year. And there's 
obviously questions about all of those guys after Joe Burrow had number one for various reasons. So I think that the, you know, the Colts or somebody else, just like we saw with Lamar Jackson a couple of years ago with the Ravens, I think somebody will make a move into the, the first round to go get love. I just, in not doing trades, I just couldn't slot them for, with, with anyone specific to, to where I thought it would make sense. So Mel Kuyper Jr. has Justin Herbert going ahead of Tua. You have Tua at number five to Miami ahead of Herbert to the Chargers. Why do you like Tua over Herbert? This isn't even a this isn't even a, a discussion to me. It's not oh, even okay. close. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I didn't I mean asked. I wouldn't discuss it. No, no. I, I just shut up, Jimmy. <laughs> Sorry. Jeez. I'm gonna go have hey, some I, of your mom's cooking, Nick, with you. I, I, I learned I learned from that's a good one, Jimmy. I learned from Lane Kiffin who said, Well, I don't know, this is a waste of time. I didn't phrase it that <laughs> way. <laughs> um, but I, my point being is that I, I don't think this is uh, really that close. I hear the analysts saying that Justin Herbert is a safer pick, but that would imply that we know that Justin Herbert is going to be a great NFL quarterback. And although he has the measurables and he, you know, he's an incredibly intelligent kid and uh, clean and has every, everything you want, he is not a lock to be a successful NFL quarterback. The NFL, I look back in the – since 2010, there have been 30 first-round quarterbacks taken in the draft. And I started going through them and seeing – trying to see who is a – a terrific starting quarterback in the NFL that we know of right now. And I could only jot down maybe a third of them. Now, some of those are still unfinished products because there have been a bunch over the last couple of years. So maybe in, in the long run, there'll be more that turn out. But if that's your starting point, even if a few develop, that's still not great numbers. The NFL falls in love with plenty of first-round quarterbacks and they fit, they check off a lot of the boxes, and they don't work out. So to me, because Herbert is is healthy, he's not with, without question marks for me. I feel extremely confident that if Tua is healthy, he's going to work out. So I'm I'm taking a chance on the health rather than whether I think whether that quarterback will be good if healthy. And I, I, to me, there's such a separation in what they both are healthy that I would absolutely go go to uh, wouldn't even think twice about it. I think Tua and Burrow are special, and there's a big gap with everybody else, Love, Herbert, you name it. Not saying no one else is going to pan out. There's a lot of guys develop at different clips. But to me, the two surest things are Tua and Burrow, and I think there's plenty of risk in passing on Tua and there's plenty of risk in Herbert working out even if healthy. That's Vince Ferraro with Jimmy Hyams. I'm John Wilkerson. We'll get a break and be back with more. Vince on the Daily Fencing and Gates Hotline. A final segment with Vince coming up as you listen to Sports Talk on 99.1, the sports animal. The station where winners listen and listeners win. 99.1, the sports animal. 
segment to hour number two of Sports Talk. Another segment with Vince Ferrara. To get a question or comment in under the wire, 656-9900, 656-9900. And Vince, you've been able to catch up with so many fun people to talk to. Uh, most recently, Mike Keith and Wes Durham. What did you enjoy most about those conversations, as well as Derek Mason? Yeah, Derek Mason, uh, he talked about Juwan Jennings and Marquez Callaway, likes them both, thinks they'll both be uh, fine in the NFL. He said, and you guys ran it yesterday, he said about Jennings, he's got something that you can't teach, and that's dog in him. And really <laughs> talked about his uh, leadership skills as well. So he, he's a guy, when in talking to Mike Keith, he's a guy that – I think would fit the, what the Tennessee Titans are looking for in a football player because that's what he is. He just is a football player and not overly uh, uh, focusing on the measurables, which for certain positions and at certain times they do. But sometimes guys just check the box of football player. And, and so I think uh, Jennings would be with those two guys – said about them it, to me the the titans would make an awful lot of sense for juan jennings and in my conversation with west durham uh, uh um it, you guys are going to enjoy some of the john ward stories that he told he told a couple of them and it was towards the end and um and you know just the the reverence that he and so many in the in the, in the broadcasting business have uh, in respect for john ward's work and i told him that we ran the the 98 title game and and everybody's reaction to it so you guys will enjoy here in west durham a great broadcaster for the falcons and the acc network talk about uh john ward and uh also we we got into the falcons for the draft and you know some of the considerations for football returning both college and the nfl so you made some interesting points on uh, on that as well so a uh, really good conversation uh, on the way with uh, with west durham as far as the uh, the VFLs that are up for the draft, what do you think in terms of even if you go beyond uh, the trio? It doesn't. It seems like some are saying that maybe three might be the top number to get drafted. Some saying that they wouldn't be surprised if a couple others go. But for the six that have been discussed the most, what do you think would be the ideal fit for them? Well, John, I'm, I'm working on a blog that I'll hopefully have up later on today where I took for the six potential guys from UT that could be drafted, Taylor Jennings, Callaway, Batuli, Warrior, and Wood Anderson. I think probably three of them will get will get drafted. Then Taylor Jennings and I'd go with Callaway, but certainly the other guys might get a look late in the uh, in the later rounds as well. But what I did is I took three team fits for each and I didn't take the same team for multiple players. So basically 18 teams and just gave each one of those three players three teams, and I didn't repeat the same teams. Because you could say, you know, bucks with Tom Brady for for anybody. Um, but I, so I, I, that was a fun exercise to do on team needs and various other things. Um, and so they weren't aren't necessarily ranked, but just three per. I'll just run through a couple of them real quick. Taylor, Daryl Taylor with the Giants. There's Kevin Shearer there. There's Fitz, uh, strength and conditioning. And, uh, you know, that's a, a team that's not too far away, as he's mentioned, from 
uh, his home in uh, in Virginia. For Jawan Jennings, who mentioned the Tennessee Titans, I won't get into that. I, I just think he he fits a, what what the Titans are looking for in just a ball player. For Marquez Callaway, uh, this is it. This would be, I think, a lot of fun for him. And I think the Arizona Cardinals with Larry Fitzgerald and getting a chance to be mentored by him would be really neat and something that could be very useful well beyond Fitzgerald being there for Arizona. Another one I like is the Broncos for Callaway with his wide receivers coach at Tennessee his freshman year and Zach Azani there being with the Broncos. Then you get to catch fastest from Drew Locke, who I think is going to be fantastic for John Wilkerson's Denver Broncos. Um, for the other guys, just one I'll name the, Ra- the Ravens for Batuli, but uh, there's others. Warrior, the Chiefs, for obvious reasons because his dad played for Kansas City. And then Woody Anderson, the Patriots, because of the culture there. And I think uh, that, that would be helpful in keeping Dominic Woody Anderson focused and within, within parameters. And if he can be focused on football, he might be able to live up to that potential because he does have skill set that I think the NFL is intrigued by more than likely though is an undrafted free agent, but he'll, he'll get, he'll get an opportunity somewhere for sure. Vince, we don't have much time left, but I did want to ask you about the ESPN FPI. They've got Tennessee at 6.3 wins. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? That strikes me as low, Jimmy. Um, <laughs> I think yeah, I've heard you say that you think they'll, they'll win eight games regular season. And that's where I would have them. You know some of their some of the fifty fifty games when they did the game by game breakdown. You know they had Arkansas at fifty four percent, Kentucky you know around fifty percent, South Carolina on the the, the wrong side of fifty percent. You know obviously going to Columbia, it's you know not easy. We'll see what kind of team they have, but I would give them the edge over Kentucky and you know certainly over Arkansas who's in a rebuild. Uh, they're also they're, they've been terrible. So I would give them more than that. Now to get there, they might have to beat a Florida or a Georgia, but I wouldn't rule that out. Also, but there there's a there's certainly tough games on Tennessee's schedule. But I I would think to me six point three is low. So I would definitely go over that for Tennessee. One of the quick question: Do you think Tennessee has a shot at USC quarterback transfer J T Daniels? I mean, it sounds like there's interest there uh, on both ends, Jimmy. Whether they'll land him or not, I'm not sure. I think from his standpoint, he's got to look at that loaded quarterback room. But who knows if the if if Tennessee is pursuing him hard? I think it tells you what they think of all the quarterbacks in that room, not named Harrison Bailey. Because if you're a believer in Maurer or, or Shrout, and I don't think either one of those two guys are going to be great SEC quarterbacks. But if they do within those walls, I don't know how with Harrison Bailey there, I don't know how you bring another kid into the mix because you're going to lose one or two or or more of those quarterbacks if you bring a Daniels in. Look, I get the competition aspect. You want the best players. He's a talent, even though he's had some injuries. And you you want to you want to be your best you can now. But uh, I would think for him, he'd want to seek an opportunity where he'd have a better route the playing time, and um, and so uh, to me, I would be surprised if it happens, but whenever there's talent there and you're a coach like Pruitt that wants competition, it, it doesn't surprise me with the connection with T. Martin that he would at least look at it. 
Hey, Vince, we always appreciate it. Thank you so very much. We look forward to sharing your conversation with West Durham. That and more. And since you've turned into a grade-A slacker, we'll look forward to the return of In the Cage at some point in the future. <laughs> no doubt. Speed up, doing nothing, you know it. <laughs> Vince, thank you so much. All right, guys, stay healthy. Appreciate it. You as well. That's Vince Ferrara joining us on the Stanley Fencing and Gates Hotline.